I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Up on the rooftop, everyone, it's time for the Connor, the Connor and Smith, Smith Show. show. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Can you hardly stand the excitement of listening to this show? Um, full disclosure, where are we right now, Matthew? I don't know where you you are, but I'm in bed. Yeah, we are laying in bed with the pugs. Okay. We didn't mean to be in bed. The pugs were in bed, and we have to be with them. Yeah, it's mandatory. Um, full disclosure, we've been releasing shows on Saturday, but we did not this past Saturday. The, the holidays have really been crazy and we just closed the christmas angel um we are just gonna drop as many shows as we can this week and next week just whenever we feel like it yep no schedule but we're just gonna just give birth to a bunch of podcasts at once it'll be like a extra holy week of podcasts so this is something we did a few weeks ago with Beth Amen and Patrick Flynn, and they have their podcast, What Is Love Actually? And we, uh, me, Matthew, and Ryan had just watched Love Actually, so we sat around and talked about Love Actually. So if you have actually seen the movie, this is a great episode to listen to. If you have actually not, pause this, go watch it, and come back to us. Um, so please enjoy this episode. Uh, we will be... Mm. Right back. Wow. Right back uh, with a lot of enthusiasm and excitement for our guests, which we, of course, have. Mm, bye. Hello. How are you? Beth, I have a Christmas cookie in my mouth. What a blessing. I just made some Christmas cookies. So did we. Oh my god! What did you make? Oh, hey, it's Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Stephen. Um, I just made some like spritz cookies, so like they're peanut butter cookies, but you do like the little um, like it. It looks like a gun, like it looks like a, a caulking gun, but you like punch shapes of cookies out of it. Yeah, we just did the peanut butter like with the Hershey Kiss. Oh my god, I love a peanut blossom. Oh my god, I just was chewing it. I. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. I guess we're waiting for Patrick. Um, yeah. We're we all going here with our producer. Right? <laughs> he what? can't understand you. We are all, this, is a, this is a Christmas special. <laughs> it, it's very special. We're also here with our producer, Ryan Dean Havlick. Hi, Beth. Hello, Ryan. Now, and our studio audience guest, Nancy Hollenbach. Hi, Nancy. Oh, my God. Hello, Nancy. <laughs> She's waving. Oh, my um, gosh. She doesn't want to interrupt the magic here. Um, That's so Love fun. actually is love, cookies, and the movie. <laughs> Honestly, it's time to get in the spirit. I was listening to, as I was like making the cookies, I was like, Alexa, play Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays uh, by NSYNC. And my mom yells, because I'm home for Thanksgiving. My mom yells, you can't do that until Friday. Those rules are out of date. I was like, you can't stop me. I'm in the kitchen making cookies. I'm going to yeah. be listening to Christmas music. Mom, if you're listening, every night feels like a Friday. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And it's dark. So it's time to comfort yourself in any way possible. I'm pretty sure the Christmas music started here like Halloween night um, <laughs> because <laughs> it was like, we're, we're done. Hey, Patrick. Hello. How are you? Good. Just wrestling with my, the microphone settings of my browser. Oh, we, were, no. we were just wrestling with Christmas cookies uh, yeah. when Beth came on. So, Which is a better wrestle, honestly. It's a much better wrestle. 
you've caught us in a better state than when we started. Um, I've, I've cleared the <laughs> peanut butter from the roof of my mouth now. Oh, good. Beth, where are you right now? I'm in my parents' basement in Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, Patrick, where are you? I'm in Bethesda. Oh, nice. Everything that begins with B. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we Bethesda, are Baltimore. in Barlington. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, I, I think it's something that began with a B. Boston? Mm -hmm. We're yes, we are sweet. We're, we're Boston You're South. Yeah. yeah. Boston South. <laughs> we're Boston South. <laughs> the dodgy end. Yes. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Look at that reference already. Oh, already. Yeah. The dodgy end. We, oh, yeah. we started a, a cookie business tonight. <laughs> Meaning we're eating all the profits already. Um sure. Uh so uh I am a big fan of your podcast. Um what is Love Actually? Um, what, what can I, can I ask you, first of all, Beth and Patrick, like what outside of this podcast, what are your lives about? Let's start with Beth. Like, what is your existence? What do you do? How do you occupy your time when not podcasting? Let's start with Beth. Oh my goodness. Uh, how do I exist? Well, I am the managing director of Monumental Theater Company, which Yay! is, yes, yes, yes. So that takes up a large chunk of time, um, but pays probably about two of my bills total. So I also work um, in marketing for a tech company mm -hmm. and uh, I do this podcast. And uh, I, like I said, when I jumped on the call, I make cookies sometimes. Lovely. Patrick. There you go. Uh, I am a uh, playwright here in DC. I have also during the pandemic developed uh, sideline producing podcasts and uh, and editing audio and things like that. I I, I kind of run all over the place. I, I make uh, I, I'm a director for Will Interactive um, here in town, and uh, yeah, make podcasts, write plays, do script doctoring, all kinds of stuff like that. So that's my that's my expertise, and I teach at American University. I should probably also say that in case someone from there is listening. Also, an important part of your life. Yes. Awesome. Um, yeah. You guys are kind of all over th the theatrical map and world. That's amazing. Um, and so what what brought you two together to say, hey, we should do a podcast based on this uh, holiday film and people's reaction to it? How? What was the impetus for this? This is entirely Patrick's fault. <laughs> so, yeah, it was my idea. I wanted to do the problem with having a podcast is when you have one podcast, you end up having three. Uh, and this is my third. And I. I, I wanted to do a, it just struck me as a great synergy that, you know, Love Actually is a movie that everybody has a lot of opinions about. It's got 10 storylines in it. You could do a 12 episode podcast about it. There's 12 days of Christmas. That's excellent synergy. So I started to cast about for someone to do it with. I didn't want to do it myself. I wanted to have a co-host and I wanted that co-host to not be, you know, just another straight white guy like so many podcasts are. So. I started thinking about people to 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 be my co-host and who have a different experience and a different energy than me. And then Beth was somebody I knew around town. And we Beth had been in a, a reading of a play of mine and she went to Catholic U and so did I. So we had that in common, a lot of friends in common. And she came on an episode of my uh, Patreon podcast, the original cast of the movies, to talk about the uh, Brandy version of Cinderella. Mm. And... 
it was just so much fun. She she had a lot of great opinions. Her experience was very different from mine. I have extensive experience, you know, film production, and I teach film production and, and all that. And I watch movies sometimes. And Beth watches movies, and she's <laughs> um, she's younger than I am. She has a very different take on all these things. And I thought, yep, Beth. Beth is somebody I get along with. And I also, but most importantly, and as I've told her before, Beth gets things done. I, I didn't want to have a partner <laughs> who would just sort of drift in and out who I couldn't depend on. It was sort of as, as type A about these sorts of things as I am. And Beth was absolutely that person. Mm-hmm. I, I really had to sell her on this idea. And I appreciated that greatly. <laughs> well, my favorite thing was that the way Patrick introduced this to me was, what do you think about the movie Love Actually? And I was like, it, like it's fine. And he was like, perfect. That's yeah. it. That was perfect. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any super strong opinions about it. It was a movie I'd seen and, like, enjoyed in passing, but wasn't like, oh, my God, this is my Christmas movie. And so because of having that neutral start, it was a really interesting launch pad for, like, watching the movie more than any human should watch. <laughs> in a condensed period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's so interesting is that Matthew and I, have just not we haven't avoided the film it's just we had not seen it until last christmas uh and our producer ryan actually was the one who brought it to our attention hi patrick and why ryan why did you bring it to our attention it was just a movie that i loved from the very beginning but you know a lot of people don't and i thought you guys would like it that's all ryan's that guy in your life that says have you guys seen this and 90 percent of the time i say no (laughs) But I, but I know which is Ryan my and Beth, said, that, I was like that's Patrick for me but if Ryan yeah, that's, that's, that's says have you seen it yeah. I know that we should probably watch it and I'm that guy who says yeah yeah I've seen that when I haven't <laughs> just to kind of avoid stop the, conversation. the conversation that's yeah yes. yes I respect that greatly because in my head I'm like if I haven't got to it I'm not going to which is a very stubborn uh a viewpoint of the world so i'm trying to get away from that and and uh broaden my horizons and love actually is not a film i would have sought out um for for several different reasons uh i as a gay man i feel like i want more films like the um the happiest season or Mm -hmm. things that i can relate to and i feel like in the heteronormative uh holiday world i've been taught to enjoy the holidays through a heteronormative scape yeah not not that all the films that i actually do like are not heteronormative it's just i think (laughs) or even love or or even love yeah i i feel like christmas and the holidays hanukkah whatever you celebrate bring back traditions of things of nostalgia that you have already seen that you want to revisit to feel young again but I think that Love Actually could be a gay film if you see it through the eyes of the guy who is wrapping up the necklace with the fantastic... Mr. Bean. They're Mr. Yeah. Bean's yeah. eyes. Yeah. 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 I think I see the movie through his eyes. Or through Bill Nighy's character at the end. Uh, you know? him. Maybe his manager. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think uh, the manager is gay? Oh. I don't think we thought I about really that. I really would like them to be, but right. I don't think they are. It's It's, it's a... It's a weird, healthy relationship in that movie. So it's sort of, it's hard to put any kind of like it. It 
I don't know that it, they have any kind of. Also, I want better for Joe if that's such the an answer. Old like, Joe... they're such a nice old couple, though. Like, Joe really... needs the best out of life. Like, we yeah. walked, we walked through that like dissection of that uh, storyline, and all decided Joe is the best character, the manager, yeah. <laughs> and so I want him to have better. Like, I want Melinda to be especially. Put... He needs to be sure. put first. Really? Yeah, Melinda Markland was Melinda on the Markland episode. Really of thought that about Joe it. was the best character in the movie. Uh, she his... called him like Mr. Blue Eyes or something. Yeah, she really thought he was just dreamy. Like, his happy cry when uh bill nye tells him that you know he's the love of his life is just amazing his happy cry is great well and also uh what about the guy who sang sings along with uh hugh grant oh the chauffeur yeah oh the chauffeur yeah but clearly he has studied some you know technique (laughs) oh yes yes he has excellent diaphragm work yeah yeah i think he nightlines it in the gay men's chorus of london oh i hope he gets a solo could be yeah, great. he deserves um, it. We does. just rewatched this film a few nights ago in preparation because it was the only only the second time we've seen it. Um, just in preparation for this tonight, I cried twice. Oh my goodness, where did you Ooh, cry? When? Well, I I have to honestly say, the spectrum of the movie, I think the comma in the title says it all it's love comma actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think the comma really really shows the epic relationships good bad ugly the celebration the tragedy i mean everything is yeah. in that film the truth yeah and i think the comma is really represents everybody that love actually is in every different all around f- yeah all around it's like in so many different forms hmm. yeah um, so when, when did you cry? Well, I I think I cried maybe the first time when um, the guy does the card trick. The card trick. The card trick. The guy comes up with the cards. Oh, when oh. he did, Kira Knightley and uh, and uh, oh, Jack. I was yeah, like, and, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was like really yeah. really reaching for like when yeah. was there magic? When did Mr. Bean have a set I've of seen cards? This movie. The cue cards. The cue cards. cards. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And I always, and I always, and I cried when Emma does a very, very mini mega monologue to the husband that basically says, you know, you made a fool out of you, Mm -hmm. but you also made a fool out of me. And there's such truth in not only that moment, but like everybody's friendship. Uh, love and you can put that in any sort of relationship with anybody you've ever had and I I just thought that that was a very beautifully scripted scene yes Emma Thompson gets all of the like the good lines also like the saddest lines but she really she really has like a beautiful performance in that movie and redeems it for a lot of its flaws and some of some of the dated lines as well like Get a grip. Nobody likes sissies. No one's right. gonna shag you if you cry yeah. all the time. Yeah. And uh, Ms. Dunkin' Donuts, two thousand three. Oh, yeah. oh, which I do not. I stand by. I don't think that should be an insult. Like I said when we did the episode, yes, like I would love to be Miss Dunkin' Donuts, two thousand three. <laughs> like I would wear that crown with honor. You'd see me with a donut and a coffee every day. Oh, it'd be a joy. The thing that I took notes on this time, and this is true of a lot of films of yesteryear, this is nothing new. And I think as we adjust to things moving forward. This is 18 years ago. Yeah, 18 years ago. I, I think there's a lot of body shaming in the film. So much. Yeah, tons. So much. An and, uncomfortable amount, I would say. 
and an yeah. unnecessary amount. Like yeah. it's really buying into the idea of like 2003, you could be like rail thin and that was it. Anything like yeah, else you could be was Kira Knightley and nothing else was acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, plumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man! And every time they talk about Natalie's character, it's like, oh, the chubby girl, and you're like, no, what? She, what? No, She's perfect. Yes, she, she is. is. Um, and, and it's so funny, Matthew, and this is why you have a show based on this movie. Um, I love Andrew Lincoln. I I loved him from The Walking Dead. Of course, that's more my speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I viewed that whole thing while the sentiment was great. I was like, you're a really shitty friend. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, it, how it's could messy. you do this? Yeah. And also you're kind of a freaky pervert creep yes. with the video camera stuff. Um just just kind of like, ooh. That yeah. that's so I did not cry at that. I thought, oh my God, the, the husband, your best friend is right upstairs creepy. Yeah. Well, well, but also I think that the sort of like triteness of the film of like, oh, sure, you flew all the way across the world or, oh, sure. I think that love makes people do very uh, uh, extreme things. Oh, sure. I mean, the movie certainly, the pro- I think one of the issues that sort of ends up in the film is that it wants to be a celebration of all these these things of of the, all the facets of love, love in mm-hmm. all of its forms, be they ugly, awkward, or beautiful. You know, be they chaste, be they, or be they purely sexual, be it whatever. Like it really wants to be a celebration of all these things, but it ends up kind of shortchanging some very important character moments in in favor of the love. So, the, I mean, Andrew Lincoln is a great example. I think the Andrew Lincoln section works because you have three great actors acting this love triangle. You know, mm-hmm. you have just some ac- excellent performers giving it their all and understanding what Richard Curtis is trying to do. But when you break it down into sort of what exactly you're seeing, it it, it has a very kind of creepy and odd undertone to it where the basic plot is I'm in love with my best friend's husband, wife, and that's not unusual that's not a new plot obviously but like i'm in so in love with her that when they're together i film her secretly all the time and i have a video you know that i watch and then when i do profess my love for her she is going to positive way by running out and kissing me and it just ends up with this sort of very incel type vibe to me where you should that's how people should respond so i think that on the surface everything is gorgeous like it really it 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 the things it wants to be i just don't think that richard curtis thought all these ideas through mm-hmm. and i also don't think he thought this movie was going to live on quite in this way you know where people watch it every every year you know people who watch this movie have seen it tons and tons and tons of times he just thought he was making a fun christmas comedy i think so and this this film was what four hours and it's uh, the original cut. four and a half yeah. hours in its original cut yes so almost like like the first version of Greece ever done, uh, about the right. same length of time, um, <laughs> or or like a simple Michael John Lacusa musical. Yeah, yes. just a simple one, just, just a simple, simple one. one. Um, and so I I think with that being considered and knowing that there's so much that did not make it into this film or even to the deleted scenes, have you watched some of the deleted scenes? Um, Ryan, I have, yeah. 
please, please go and watch the deleted scene, which has the tiny child running through the airport and doing full out like gymnastics. Gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Through (laughs) security. Like it's not just he's running and like kind of sliding under uh, a rope or two. He's doing like full like Gabby Douglas, Simone Biles, like routines to get to his sweet little girlfriend. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. The, what happened to the the, the tie-up storyline of Laura Linney? Laura Linney. Yeah. Uh, Laura Linney. Yeah, she gets very little respect in this in this movie. Are they waiting to <laughs> do a sequel? They, well, they, well, they Yeah, I mean, Patrick, they, go ahead. They 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 kind of it's really telling, and Beth and I spend a little time on this, that she's the only character the only kind of isn't at the airport at the end which feels very with all the symbolism the movie puts on the airport as being this place where everyone comes and they're meeting their loved ones. And there's so much love at the reception at at Heathrow airport. And even that the, when Alan Rickman's coming back and the whole family's there and, you know, with the tragic look on Emma Thompson's face, it, it still has like the, all these characters are getting a coda and she just gets nothing. And I would really love to see her, going somewhere at the end of this movie or or you know whatever just like being at the airport amongst all these other characters um because it just ends so tra- sad for her it's not even true like you know there's something very operatic and tragic about emma thompson's mm-hmm. ending and that has a very satisfying emotional conclusion but you know laura Linney's just kind of peters out they just I feel live like, like parallel lives after this which is yeah. still the same thing they were doing before and just right. sad I feel like with Laura Linney's character, for me at least, her story is really about the love she has with her brother as opposed to a love that never really happens with, uh, what's his name? Carl. Carl. Carl, yeah. Yes. Carl? Their enigmatic chief designer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's not hot until he takes his glasses off. We can hide his <laughs> glasses, everyone. Don't I worry. Was, I was hoping to see that. What's his name? Carl. Carl. I, was, Carl. I wanted Carl and Mr. Bean to get together. What oh, there you a go. turn of events. I'd watch that. Good energy. I like that. Um, so so here's a few other uh things that I kind of took note of that I went, huh. Um okay, Mia the secretary. Yeah. Um yeah. written. It yeah. feels like the aggressive secretary was written by a man, is my note. Yeah. Yes. It was. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. No woman I can imagine behaves in that sort of sexually ridiculously aggressive manner mm-hmm. i shouldn't make generalizations you but... would just think that there'd be like a little bit more subtlety like because like she's gonna she's gonna get the outcome she wants but just being like it's, it's like on 11 it's like on sharon stone basic instinct level yeah and she is actually she has a is one of the deleted scenes that i think should be in the movie um when which she's in the is... art gallery which is you find out that she and and Andrew Lincoln are very good friends in a deleted scene and where she visits him at his gallery and she t- she tells him they kind of have a conversation uh, about his love life. And then she says, I'm thinking about having an affair with my boss. And it's not a great scene, but at least sort of gives sort of a slight you learn a little bit more about her character. You learn kind of what she's into and that she's doing this on purpose it could be it would be certainly better if she like had a had a reason and and we could all understand what that is but it it is just very um it just ends up being very flat you're just kind of like okay great you know 
Yeah, it feels icky. Yeah. It feels icky at points. Most yeah, of the time. I feel like it was just written like he had to come up with a reason for the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson characters and like Richard Curtis just kind of had to come up with this two dimensional character just to get that plot going. It was a plot mm -hmm. device. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Okay. Cry number three, perhaps, was when, when she got the gift and went back to the bedroom. And oh, oh gosh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Johnny oh. Did you yeah. notice? Did, I mean, the way she wiped one eye, then wiped another eye, and then wiped oh, yes. both eyes. I was like, this is a, just a master class in watching acting. And then <laughs> oh, it up. yes. Yeah. It is just... Oh, that is a oh. devastating thing. And it's scene. funny, like this time of year, especially now, like we obviously have social media channels for the podcast. And so I'm very tuned into like everyone tweeting or like posting about Love Actually. And the amount of social media posts you see about like, I will never forgive Alan Rickman for what he did to Emma Thompson. <laughs> Just like there's so many yeah. posts with like that one scene played over and over again of like, I will never forgive anyone for hurting Emma Thompson this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I am missing a scene since Mia is next door neighbors with Natalie. Mm -hmm. yes. Why was there not a scene about having an affair with your boss that they both could have that in Ooh. common? That's a really interesting parallel. Like, like a Linda oh Tripp, like a Linda Tripp, Monica Lewinsky meeting at the Pentagon city um, food court. Yeah. I just watched impeachment and American crime yes. story. I like this idea a lot. I, yeah. I because you, you have two very different out like one where it's like clearly nefarious and one where it's like truly based in love. And that, Ooh, that's so interesting that the, yeah. they're right next to each other. It's a missed opportunity. It really Absolutely. is. Guys, rewrite it's so, it, I never rewrite even thought it about actually. that. It is, it is the parallel there is so, um, is so perfect. And they're yeah. right next door to each other. Like yeah, like oh, wouldn't there have been a scene with like Alan Rickman walking out of the house and the, Hugh Grant walking right. up to try and find Natalie and oh, then be like, oh, I don't live been. here. But it doesn't work because Alan Rickman's his brother-in-law. Oh crap! But oh right. my god, that would have been oh, a devastating god. scene. Right. Oh <gasps> god, that would have been devastating. Oh my gosh! And then when he went to the school, he could have told. He could have been like, oh, I just oh, saw man. Alan Rickman to Emma Thompson. And then Emma Thompson would be like, wait, what? And then like realize it's definitely happening. Oh no! Oh man. <gasps> I'm, I'm all I'm saying is hire us as a think tank. I guess. Come on. I know. Wait, the sequel work. is called Actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Act love? Question mark? No, just there we go. Actually, actually lust. Like this. <laughs> um, oh. Full disclosure if you hear any barks, our pugs are really keen on podcast time. They just think. Oh, uh, that's their favorite time. We're all focusing on this microphone thingy. I guess I need we to should come play up. with it too. Yeah, yeah be a part yeah. of it. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've made a few notes about the soundtrack to this film. Uh -huh. Sure. Um, and just a few standouts. Of course, I had to go back and I knew that love is all around, uh, all around you, or love is all around, mm -hmm. um, was a you know existing song, and of course after watching it for the second time i couldn't stop going christmas is all no. around mm -hmm. you oh yes um but love uh is all around by the trogs originally right. yes the by the trogs uh mm -hmm. the the cover by wet 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 was used for four weddings and a funeral which is richard curtis anyway. wait right. wet 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 a yes. band name which is a choice where yes. have i been I thought it was a brand of like cheap lipstick and eyeliner. What do their t-shirts look like? 
Well, they were kind of a one-hit wonder, so nothing. But uh, it was, yeah, it was a real thing. I mean, they're British band too. Yeah, um, of course, famously "Jump" uh, by the Pointer Sisters yeah. is right. used. Right, um, right, right. With that really interesting choreography, um, the 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 crab dance, as I want to call it, where he has his feet <laughs> kind of. Yes. In a second position and kind of just skitters across the hallway mm-hmm. like you do. Um, yeah. Of course, then I wrote uh, in all caps, Dido exclamation point. Yes. <laughs> because I forgot she existed and that's sad. Oh, oh I love that. That album was a, a big album for me when I was in oh, college. Yeah. yeah, I love that album. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, um, it was pre-Adele Adele in a way yeah you know um all the email all the feels all the easy listening but just ugh, incredible um there's there's so many other great songs in that too but those are the ones that jumped to me mm-hmm. i really the next note i have is school play oh yes um, disturbing baby jesus yes uh sushi bar at the manger mm-hmm. um <laughs> And Spider-Man, Spider-Man King. Yes. Spider-Man. Spider-Man King is is the best the best part of I, that. <laughs> I love I love that we went with a sushi bar manger. Um, yes, it was, I love you describing it yeah. as a sushi bar manger. It I is mean, though. It's a lot of sea creatures. hundred percent, it is. But I've never thought of that way. I mean, they could have gone with like other terrestrial animals, but no, no, no. no. Where's the fun in when, that? It wouldn't have been as funny. The octopus trying to get out of the, the car. Oh, my um, gosh. That is yes. comedy Oh, my gold. gosh. That's great. But if you think about it, if, if two-thirds of the earth is water, and this parable of Jesus kind of encompasses a parable for all the world, <laughs> it mm. makes sense to use the biggest surface of the earth, which is water. And, and just a tidbit, which I think very timely, that lobsters and octopuses and something else, uh, cephalopods, have been ruled sentient in England, so you can no longer buy them to eat. Oh, they They've have been, been ruled, ruled sentient because they feel pain, and they've proven that. Oh yeah! Wow, they know things. Cephalopods are really smart. Well, talking about the soundtrack, I was really, really blown away about how emotionally love can carry us to sort of a a place of not insanity but a place of extreme and Mm -hmm. music can actually do the same thing and the way that they used music and instruments was very carefully done the the wedding in the beginning all of a sudden they're leaving and there's this epic instruments playing at the horn section and Mm -hmm. oh my you know it, it took it to the next degree then the pageant where it's a simple pageant and all of a sudden it turns into this amazing thing. The little boy learning the drums because not only is he in love, but music is going to carry it to that next level. I I thought it was really, really interesting how they found the extremes, whether they Hmm. meant to or not. I thought the extremes, because I feel the extremes in love and music. Hmm. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. And speaking of music that is unavoidable, even this film has All I Want for Christmas is You. It's, oh, of course. It is the unavoidable holiday song of our generation. Um, it will never leave us. That, that, but the kid, the drummer kid who went on to be in what, The Queen's Gambit? The Queen's Gambit yeah. yeah. Um, so he's looking for work. <laughs> he was so, looking for work for a while in between there. Yeah, so should I reach out for the Cauldron show? No. I think you should. Um, I think, first of all, 
his performance is so earnest, is so genuine. I love the way the father and him talk about real stuff. It's just mm-hmm. like, I want a dad that just sort of like lays on the pillow and is like, hey, hey, accept that. You're like, hey, well, so uh, when he points his finger, number one, and they have that little code. Mm-hmm. And we need Leah yeah. and Kate right now. Yeah. 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 I, we said too that we think they're like they're the best and truest example of love. Like you yes. see, like Matthew, like you said, there's a lot of examples of love in all of its forms, but like true, good, honest, earnest love, like that between like a son and a stepdad, that's the example of it for me in this movie. Well, and then also him meeting the mom after the concert. Yes. That, that gave you a glimmer of like, oh, this is going to be a continuum, uh, another maybe possible love story and, or and, whatever. And that's Beth's favorite part. I have issues with that part of the movie. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why? I have issues because Claudia Schiffer, like the person who plays, like the real life person who plays that character, Carol, at the end, Claudia Schiffer is mentioned within the film as like, at the funeral, like the oh, ideal, you'll come back with Claudia Shifford. So, like, if we said Claudia Shifford exists in this world, we then can't have Claudia Shifford show up but be like, JK, I'm Carol. Like, no, she's Claudia Shifford, and it bothers me. And Patrick's excuse is weak. He says no, people look like excuse. people. People look like people. And it it's is not, not a big a deal. Reason. It's not, it's not a, a big reason. deal. It's like it's... Ocean's 12 with Julia Roberts. With Julia Roberts playing Julia yeah, Roberts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's yeah, but whatever. Julia Roberts is playing Julia Roberts. It's not someone right. else is playing Carol No, but she's Shiffert. also, no, Julia Roberts is playing, is playing the character she plays in those movies whose name escapes me, who also happens to look like julia roberts who is extant in the oceans universe and, i mean it's not fine oceans 12 isn't very good but <laughs> it's it's fine because people look like people it doesn't really make any there's so many movies that they're based on the fact that people look like people well maybe uh, like the princess switch or you know? no, like- but none of them are vanessa hudgens and we're going to get into my issues with the princess switch because there's the future some tricky, day there's yes, some tricky bits there where they say day. that aldovia exists which is the place where a christmas prince happens but also that exists within a knight's tale where vanessa hudgens plays someone else so i'm gonna okay, have we're some off, issues we're off topic with that we're off topic Swing it back. <laughs> but, but Swing it back. have you beth have you considered that Claudia Schiffer is Claudia Schiffer just pretending not to be because she's famous and just wants to be there with her kid. And she's like, I'm Carol. If there was like a cute like moment of her like giving a wink, like maybe I could get on board with that. Or like if she had like a different hairstyle or was wearing like glasses and a mustache, yeah, like something to try to hide herself. Maybe not the mustache. We haven't talked about Colin Firth uh, yet. Oh, Colin Firth. Yeah, Colin Firth. So, so this, I think, Ryan was saying this is was this time. Yeah, every every year I watch it, I, I like a different storyline that year better uh-huh. than the others. And this year it was the Colin Firth storyline. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I think really that's a part it. of why the movie has staying power because every different time you watch it, you pick up on something you pick new up on different stuff, and you relate true. to something in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I have written down here Aurelia proposal. Um, I I will say that that storyline resonated with me the most this time because it's so earnest and honest and the language barrier like love knows no language and the the sweetest moment where she Aurelia says you know I can't remember the word the line exactly but basically the saddest part of the day is leaving Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um I just love their their back and forth that's always kind of the opposite yet similar um Okay, let's go around the room. Patrick, you go first. 
who would you want to play if you had the opportunity? Who would you want to play in the film? Ooh, Ooh. interesting question. Hmm. Um, this is a professional podcast. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. I'm. I'm, be, I'm seeing that it cookies is, yeah. and all. Who would you want to play? Who would I want to because play? it's a stretch or because it relates to you the most? I think that I, the character I feel the most can like. If you gave me the script and said pick any part, I would pick Liam Neeson's part. That is the most interesting. Aside from the fact that it is the best, I think the best relationship in the movie. I am so interested in the fact that this it, it's the one time in the movie where it sets up a straw man and then ignores it where you think the problem is going to be. I mean, this is a stepdad and the, and his mother has died. And you're like, I've seen so many Disney movies that are about this very thing and or this like where like the stepdad and the son have to learn to love each other. And that isn't the problem at all. It, it, the problem is entirely in another part of, of the world. And it is so interesting to watch that relationship flourish and watch Liam Neeson always be kind of behind the eight ball a little bit because he doesn't he wasn't willing like he wasn't expecting it to go this well so I would say Liam Neeson Beth I think my brain automatically goes to like who would I most likely be cast as uh and I am torn between Natalie and Emma Thompson uh Ooh. but also like Emma Thompson I can I, I would be cast in that in like 10 to 15 years not right now I hope but <laughs> Uh, I just think that they're both like very compelling, complex female characters who get to have like actual problems to suss through and like have to remain strong and figure out what they're going to respond with. Uh, and I find that very appealing in a character. Um, and yeah, I just think they're both, they're really great characters. Ryan. Well, in about 10 years when it's made into a movie, uh, a, a musical, um, I would like to play Bill Nye's character. It would just be a lot of fun. Yes. I mean, just That's a lot so fun. much fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a fun part. Who is it? Which one's Bill Nye? Uh, the rock star. Yeah, I can't The, the rock faded star. rock star. Steven. Yeah. Billy uh, Mac. Thank you. The British guy who wants to go to America to have sex. I think that's, <laughs> I think I would be perfect. Colin Frissel? Yeah. Oh, I would my God. Perfect is that. Oh, so wow. problematic. It is problematic, but I would play the hell out of that role. <laughs> I think you would. I think you'd crush it. <laughs> Those, that's a kind of weird, quirky character thing that I, yeah, live for. Somebody's got to uh, play it. So let's that's somebody who wants to. I think I would really capture Mr. Bean. <laughs> I agree. I agree, too. <laughs> and I, I, would I, make, I would make that small part feel like three scenes. Pop it in the Christmas I have box. a question about his character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like at the very end in the airport that there's something magical about him? Yes. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. There's right? supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. There, He's there's supposed, supposed to be, be magical. He's supposed to be an angel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind you of really don't get that watching it. I'm just saying. It gets lost. No, not yeah. at all. Well, like it yeah. gets lost in, and there's like what one or two deleted scenes that makes it clear, but in reality, well, it's like, this would be a great idea, and then they never yeah. went further than thinking it. Did you do you yeah. think they cast him because uh, Richard Curtis like worked on Black Adder and oh, a thousand Mr. Bean back oh, in yeah. yeah, I love oh, him yeah. so much. Is, is there any backstory? Was this based on one relationship that kind of went into... Was, it, was there any sort of pre to this movie or was it just completely a brand new idea? It, I mean, well, Richard Curtis is... 
you know, sort of a the 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 first man of British romantic comedy, yeah. uh, and his movies are as we we talked to Johnny Howard, who's in the King Singers for the podcast. Like his movies are canon. His first four movies are really like the British romantic comedies, and he's had three or four successful TV series over there as well. This movie apparently came out of two different scripts. There was the Colin Firth story, and I think the Emma Thompson story were kind of he was developing as their own scripts and then realized they didn't have enough meat on their bones and decided to put them together and then decided, well, then if I'm going to do that, I can do like all these other little half ideas I have and patch the thing together with various jokes and things like that, um, which is why you end up with uh, Martin Freeman and uh, and Stacy from Gavin and Stacey uh, as the what is usually referred to as the porn stand-ins, which is also mm -hmm. the great, the best love story in the, love in the movie. Them. Oh yeah, I yes. could under, I could probably understudy that scene. <laughs> just in case, uh, just in internal case. cover. Yeah, there you go. Um, that works. Well, you yeah, know, that's where that's know, where it came from. I know you've got some stuff to talk about. The, my last thought is: has have we thought about the love actually drinking game? where whenever maybe someone says the word love, you drink. If you'd like to die early, I think then yes, that would be a great plan. <laughs> All right, Steve, you have two more questions? All right, so this is another round robin. If you have, okay, outside of love actually, pick another uh, holiday film that you could do a podcast on or is just a favorite film besides love actually. Ooh. I will start with Patrick. Oh my gosh! Another film we could do a podcast on, oh, or man. just another favorite holiday film. Another, um, like we don't have to fill twelve episodes. Like, yeah, right. We could talk about. Yeah, well, that's interesting because we're kind of going through that now. Second season, a little bit as we delve into these Hallmark Netflix Christmas movies, but There's um, the the funny thing is, like, I'm finding, especially because I teach film at AU, I'm finding that a lot of the movies I grew up with that were very important to me are not surviving the test of time. You know, I'm 41 oh. years old and they're, they're sort Such of as. sexual politics. I mean, Annie Hall would be a huge one. Uh, it was like my favorite movie for a really, really long time. Woody Allen in general was a huge, influence. I mean, I had that experience that a lot of people my age do where like most of my favorite comedians turned out to be sex criminals. And that's really, really unfortunate. And, and it, you, know, you had to sort of excise that from your life. You know, I was a huge Bill Cosby fan when I was a little kid. Sure. And yeah. as we all were, he was America's was dad. Yeah. And, and you sort of end up in this space where you have to like, so all these movies that I would want to bring forward, like and show my class, I kind of go back and I watch them and I go, Ooh, no, that's no good. Oh, that's no good. And I end up finding a whole, different set of, you know it's a movie that i could watch for it's not a holiday movie at all but it's a finding gets better every time i watch it and it's just gonna be a weird choice is american psycho <laughs> i am not a horror guy at all but i could i could watch that movie endlessly and talk about it endlessly because every time like just like this <laughs> i think it's the first time anyone's ever compared love actually to american psycho but i who's to say I, who's to say um it it's it's endlessly watchable sort of for the same reason. There's so many great performances, so much detail. And Mary Heron's direction and her screenplay is for a, for a being based on a book that is just basically dog trash. It is a fascinating, fascinating look at 
what our society thinks about men. And I just, I'm absolutely, and what men's self image is made to be. So that my answer would be American Psycho. <laughs> have you listened to the musical version of that? I have, I have, I have feelings I, I think, about that. I, I, I have a, I, I don't think you can get the feel from just listening. I feel like it's I've a visual heard that. plus. Yeah. I've, I've heard that people, everybody I know who saw it in New York saw it more than once. Uh, they were just blown away by it. Uh, listening did very little for me, but that is, of course, not a fair way to judge an entire it show. It feels like a landless, I mean, not landless, I'm sorry. It feels like a monumental show. Mm, yeah, that could be a monumental show. It could be. It could be fun. Um, Here we go, sold. Done. Uh, Beth, <laughs> another holiday favorite. Uh, of complete departure from American Psycho, Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol. Okay. Dance. I love Muppet Good Christmas choice. Carol. I love that movie so much. And I could talk about it endlessly. Matt. Oh. Um, you know, I I was I was born in 1970, and I feel like my childhood is around claymation. Mm. And I'm I'm gonna I want uh to watch and discuss uh Nestor the long eared donkey. Oh my goodness. Ooh. I haven't thought the about donkey, that movie in a long time. The donkey who's made fun of and a little angel cherub shows up and he ends right. up sort of carrying the voice by Brenda Vaccaro. And really? He, 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 yeah. He ends Is that up, true? I think so. <laughs> he ends up traveling to I uh, you know, and he meets Mary and Joseph and becomes the <laughs> the right. if it's yeah random. so that's yes. my my what's that I'm, nothing i'm just trying to validate with our producer that it's brenda vaccaro um uh, so so nestor the long-eared donkey which i had not right. seen until about 10 years ago i didn't believe it existed because i'd never heard of it it does um, sound like a fever dream it does it's, it does and it's not very frequently played on tv anymore yeah. so no. it is brenda vaccaro i'm validated yes nice um Ryan, another Christmas favorite? Well, I'll tell you a favorite and then one that I'd like to do a podcast about would be, well, favorite is Die Hard. Die Hard. I okay. can watch that movie. Die Hard. Over. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'd love to do A Miracle on 34th Street with the original and then there was uh, also like one done for television and then there was also the John Hughes version of it. I would like to like watch all of those and like discuss Miracle on 34th Street. Mm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. The original is the best. Original is the best. Yes, the original oh, is the our, best, our yeah. audience, our studio audience spoke <laughs> up and voted for the original. There um, we go. <laughs> mine would be um, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, oh okay. Goodness. Which is sure. about to open. Oh, the theatrical version is about to open, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, fun. I'm very excited about that. I'm a big Jim Henson, of course, freak mm -hmm. and puppet freak, but that film and the, the skill and craftsmanship that went into the making of that is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. um, and the songs, the score, the sentiment. Except for maybe Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm just saying. I, all right, 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 right. Um, all right, last thing I want to ask you guys ain't is- Ain't no water in the washtub. There ain't no hole in the washtub. <laughs> ain't no hole in the washtub. Um, what is happening with season two of What Is Love Actually? What are you guys- uh, delving into what's they're the taking this entire podcast and they're going to turn it into 12 episodes <laughs> there you go that's it that's it over no and over we're and over again. we're we're trying to we're taking a, a bit of a turn and instead of talking about love actually again though we talk about it still enough we're answering the question what is love actually through the lens of hallmark movies uh lifetime movies and netflix christmas movies so we're watching a different uh one of those movies every week 
and we have episodes released starting on November 26th, so Black Friday. And nice. Each... Did you guys lose a dare? Did we lose a dare? <laughs> no. Though I, We've got like, an we IP, ha- man. We've got an IP. You got to work gotcha, with gotcha. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've watched a lot of movies that like I would have watched in passing that I've now watched with like way more intention than I ever thought I would. Uh, so yeah, like- this is this experience in movies that Beth has seen has a lot of experience with these sorts of movies and I have none. I have seen none of these films before. Um, I don't really care for holiday Christmas movies. I watch movies entirely differently than Beth does. Mm-hmm. And it's it's providing for some excellent conversation. Though as I edit the episodes, I'm discovering what this actually, this, this second season is really about is um, Beth turning 30 and my neurosis surrounding <laughs> share rides, uh, share, <laughs> share rides and uh, cooking. So that's really what this season is about. <laughs> well, we start we started this process when I was 27 and so I do feel like I I have like Well, cuz it took us 2 like, years to record the first It took us a first... while to put together. So first season before the I pandemic. I was so young when we began. Yeah, and, and and we like well before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and it it totally rearranged our schedule and we ended up postponing a year because we just weren't able um, which I think was actually good, but so yeah. yes, when we did start the, the recorded the very first episode of the first season, it was a very long time ago comparatively. Yes, but yeah. So we'll be releasing new episodes every week uh, starting November twenty sixth, and we're Black doing... Friday to New Year's Eve. Yeah, and we're uh, we released today the list of movies we're watching, uh, and so we've got some good ones, and we are actually going to watch New Year's Eve. Uh, one yes. of those other like huge ensemble cast you can barely figure out anything about one character because they have like two minutes of screen time uh that has like leah michelle and ashton kutcher falling in love and like jessica everybody Beale who was big in 2011 Myers. gary yeah. marshall right gary marshall yep, that's a gary joint yes another new year's eve film that has a huge ensemble cast that is an independent film that nobody remembers but i highly recommend would be 200 cigarettes Yes, oh. I saw that in the theater. I love Two Hundred Cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Courtney Love. Courtney Love. That's everybody who was quasi famous in two thousand. Yeah, that's a fun. And, yeah, and you guys have to do like a bonus episode of Valentine's Day to film. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that yeah. is the intention. If you go to Patreon.com/slash/OriginalCastPod, nice. we will we will be releasing throughout because this podcast is obviously limited to the Christmas season. We'll be releasing episodes throughout the year of like-minded films uh on the and patreon eventually yeah. i'm gonna get patrick to watch twilight and it's gonna be great and oh eventually i'm gonna get God. you to watch magnolia and it's gonna be interesting at the very least <laughs> i love both of those films i love that <laughs> um well that's this is a i will say that the the hallmark film thing is really smart because i mean such a cottage industry such a um i mean you walk into the Hallmark store. I know that's the target audience, but man, the merch, the, this is my watching Hallmark Christmas movies blanket, you know, all the kind of merchandise that's out there. My mother is addicted to those films. And I watched a few for the first time. We watched a few for the first time last Christmas. And I was like, Oh, I kind of see how you can get hooked on these because the stakes aren't that high everything ends happy everybody's mm-hmm. rich and affluent and like it's just pretty i love the ones that yeah. are magical where like you know the person goes back in, into uh to where they grew up and oh, like always. santos has always been there 
like and you didn't we know have that. all that yeah we've yeah. got oh, time okay. travel in to the future we've got time travel to the past we've got angels we've got uh we've got a movie i still love the fact we did one of the ones we do is is my christmas in uh which is a tia maori uh film and i love when you talk about low stakes i love the basically her choice in that movie in the romantic or not she's going to inherit take over her aunt's highly successful inn in this small town in alaska or go back to san francisco to be an advertising executive and it's like so you know <laughs> Like it's really like happiness oh and wealth or what happiness and wealth. Yeah. Just, I can't choose between those two completely different choices. And then somewhere like treat Williams is there to say, well, I can't tell you what to do, but you have that's to Everwood, follow your isn't heart. It? I don't do know. that in movies too. That's just in the Everwood TV series. I thought treat Williams <laughs> is in several of the Hallmark films. I oh, know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. I like treat yeah, Williams I mean, a lot. We're living in a, a time period where Treat Williams is in Hallmark films, and also what was it, Sid Vicious? Uh, no, no, no. no yeah. Johnny Rotten. The Johnny Rotten was on The yeah. Masked Singer last night. So, like, it's a different. Oh. What a time uh, to be alive! Yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Um, it well, is. we uh, so we can find what is love actually on most podcast platforms, correct? On all I, I hope sure so. Can. Yes, all yeah. of them. Absolutely. Yeah, great. So everyone definitely check out what is love actually check out the first season if you're into just the love actually of it all but then do follow I think it's going to be interesting to follow the journey on the Hallmark films and get the uh, commentary from you both I love listening to your banter. Um, it's it's always very entertaining and I love your guests too. We know many of your guests so it's always oh, fun. Yes. Um, Matthew do you have anything else to say before we sign off. Yeah, check out Nestor. Check out Nestor. Check out Nestor. <laughs> YouTube. Check it yeah. out. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great holiday week, weekend. Yes. And anything you else you too. want to plug that's coming up? Are we good to go? Uh, I think we're pretty good to go. I've got the my other yeah. podcast, The Original Cast, uh, is floating around out there. If you're into Original Cast, out people who love them. We just did an episode on the Tick, Tick, Boom movie uh, that was out. And... Uh, to find the original cast on all your favorite podcatchers. You'll know a lot of those guests too. A lot of DC uh, theater people on that show as well. Awesome. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, Beth and Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great Thanksgiving and holiday season. And we we can't wait to listen to what you guys do. And we hope to see you soon. Thank you, great. guys. Thank you for thank having us. Thank you guys us. so much. So all right. Thank here. you for being here. All right. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. All right, Beth and Patrick, thank you so much for uh, joining us. We really appreciate that. Um, that was fun. Yeah, and I know that the movie Love Actually is, you know, of some controversy. Some love it, some hate it. Wherever you fit in in that mix, you are valid. Um, <clears throat> and your point is taken. Um, but if you uh, don't like Love Actually and you do like Hallmark movies, check out Beth and Patrick's new podcast. They've been able to build up a few different episodes now at this point when this is airing. So you have a bunch of things to listen to. Um, if you want to find out more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Likewise, find us on Facebook, Connor and Smith, Connor with an E-R. 
please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Um, and uh, as we always say in season two, fa la 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 la. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.